On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. It's been a crazy, crazy week so far already, and we're just getting really started. Detroit Lions, Adrian Peterson, Matt Stafford, straight ahead for the Washington football team. Three and five Lions, two and six Washington football team. We are brought to you by our friends at Pepsi. That's right. As always, we tell you that Pepsi is made for football watching. And being that you're still going to watch football, whether you say you're not going to or not, you're going to watch football, you might as well have an ice-cold Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment, maybe overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Let's me and you watch together separately socially distant on our couches this Sunday because I'm not going to Detroit which is probably just as good I love Detroit I don't love spending money to get to Detroit uh, for a bad football game Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day and trust me if I have a distinct feeling you're going to need a lot of Pepsi to get through Sunday because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from our friends at Pepsi all right away we go right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast so Bryce Love activated not off the injured reserve but in the 21 day practice window on Wednesday We still don't have official clarification on Kyle Allen, whether he's going on IR with the expectation that he's out for the season. I mean, Washington never really announced anything, and he's still on the injury report. In addition, uh, what we have is a bunch of injuries, and here's the injury report from Wednesday. So it's a little bit more confusing I guess if you know if you take the Wednesday report kind of more seriously Uh, and I never know what to do exactly with Wednesday because a lot of times veterans get the day off but returning uh, running back rather Antonio Gibson shoulder that's the first time he's been listed with a shoulder previously it's been a toe he did not practice on Wednesday Linebacker Thomas Davis, not injury-related. As we mentioned, quarterback Kyle Allen, wide receiver Dontrell Inman, he's still dealing with a hamstring. Limited kicker Dustin Hopkins with a groin. Offensive tackle Jaron Christian with a knee. Wide receiver Jeff Bidette, who they just promoted earlier this week to the 53. Now, we told you about Bryce Love activated to practice. The last two times this happened, Brandon Sheriff Steven Sims Jr., they activated the player on Wednesday. He played on Sunday. Not saying that will happen, but that has been their MO so far. However, they needed to activate the 21-day practice window just so that, again, he can practice. You'll hear what Ron Rivera has to say about that right here and right now. In addition, we'll hear a little bit from Scott Turner after Ron and just a couple of minutes from Alex Smith as we wrap up the show here on a busy Wednesday into a Thursday. Hey, Ron. Um, when you were pretty clear, like, your reasoning for releasing Adrian Peterson back in August, but when you make a move like that, how much do you consider that you could face him again? Uh, <laughs> you, you always think about that. No matter who you release, you always wonder if you'll, you'll, you'll face him again. You know, and, and – Again, you know, everybody understands where we went with it because we had an opportunity to watch our young 
uh, running back uh, develop and play. Um, and, you know, we've seen 41 J.D. McKissick step into his role as we've seen Peyton Barber. So, again, you know, th th this this was, you know, this move was was really orchestrated in terms of finding out what we have in terms of our other other young backs. Yeah. All right. You're excited to see him though on the other sideline, or what are your thoughts? About <laughs> I'm never excited about you know playing against a future Hall of Famer. That's for doggone sure. You mentioned Peyton Barber there for a sec. Uh, I'm just curious, as his role has evolved or hasn't evolved uh, over the year, what has kind of happened because he was used a lot in that Week One comeback win against Philadelphia, and not as much since, with the exception of the Dallas game. How do you kind of see his his path, if you will? Well, again, you know, you look at the development of, of what we've gotten from um, AG. You know, Antonio's done a nice job in terms of his development and, and probably have taken some reps that would have gone to him um, if Antonio hadn't started to develop as quickly as he has. Secondly, you got to give J.D. McKissick some credit, you know, uh, for this as well because he's really developed nicely. And it's not against, you know, anything Peyton hasn't done. It's, it's just that, you know, we've got a couple of, of guys that, that, that are a different type of, of, of football player, a uh, different type of back. Hey, Ron, um, we always like to ask you about quarterback, so I'll just do that, but a different one this time. Um, Steven Montez, you guys protected him on the practice squad. Obviously, yep. he's the third guy that you guys have. What have you seen from him uh, so far throughout this time that you've had from him? How has his development uh, been going? I think it's gone very well. You know, he, he's um, it's kind of been fun to watch him. He's, he's a young quarterback. He's, he's got uh, some, some good natural athleticism to him, very strong arm. Um, he, he has the ability to make all kinds of throws. Uh, he's got to work on his touch. He, he's, um, you know, he, he's got a uh, 90-mile-an-hour uh, 90 fastball and an 89-mile-an-hour fastball, so there's not a lot of difference in the way he throws the ball, and he's got to learn to develop that uh, to help him. Very smart, very bright, um, spends the time studying, doing the things that, you know, that, that, that you want young quarterbacks to do in terms of developing habits, good habits. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of followed Kyle and, and, and Alex around an awful lot, and uh, I think a little bit of it's rubbing off on him. So it, it's been good to watch him. Um, you know, we, we felt we had to protect him just in case something happened to one of our two guys um, that are practicing now. Um, you have a you know you have a guy that's that's ready to go. So we'll see what happens. But uh, you know that that was really just a, a security move more than it was anything else. <clears throat> and, in, and in terms of that, the other day you mentioned that you guys were contemplating what to do with the possible adding another quarterback with Kyle out. Um, has that progressed? How have you progressed with that thinking? And is are you comfortable with Montez being the third guy if needed? I'm comfortable with Montez being the third guy if needed uh, right now. I mean, you know, we'll, 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 if, if that need changes, we'll, we'll see most certainly. But right now we feel pretty confident and comfortable in the two guys that are up right now and, you know, both Alex and, and, and Dwayne. So, you know, going forward, if, if we need be, we may have to do something. But right now we're pretty confident with the three guys we have. Thank you. Hey, Ron. I was wondering if you're past that moment with Alex Smith where you kind of hold your breath every time he gets hit, or is that always going to be there, do you think? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, haven't, I didn't think about it last week um, as much as I did the first week. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes this week. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's, I guess there is in the, in the back of your mind you, you do think about it. Is his escapability, uh, is it there? Have you seen enough of that? There, there were some moments I thought the other day, but did you see that? Um, I saw, I saw pretty much some, some, some good mobility. Uh, again, you like to see him get rid of the ball uh, a little bit quicker when he does get outside the pocket. That's for sure. Hey, Ron, <clears throat> excuse me. Hey, Ron, I just uh, wanted to ask about Cornelius Lucas and kind of if he's cemented that left tackle role, what, what you think of him now for a couple weeks? 
I think he's done a great job. I do, you know, and, um, you know, with drawn with the, with the banged up knee right now, Cornelius is going to continue to play and, you know, we'll, we'll address everything as we go forward, but uh, he's done a nice job. He really has big, long guy, long arms, uh, smart, understands the game, uh, got good athleticism at the left tackle position for you. Thank you. Hey, hey, Ron, um, Bryce loves being able to practice today. What did you see from him and what have you seen from him as he's recovered or continues to develop or recover or whatever? Well, you see the quickness. It's still there. You know, it was good to see him out there on the practice field running around. Um, you saw his quickness, you saw his burst. Uh, you know, he um, showed some good hands out of the backfield as well. So it was good to see him uh, back out there. Can you see a role for him going forward? It, just based on what you've seen, you know, do you, how do you assess his future, I guess? Well, yeah, you, you most certainly do see a role for him. You know, again, it, it's one of those things where you, you got to go back to his college days and, and look at what they did when he was at Stanford as a running back. You know, they ran him up inside. Uh, they ran him outside because of his quickness and speed. They didn't use him in the passing game as much, which is a little bit of a surprise because he, he's got good hands. Um, and, he's, and, he's, uh, and he's got some return ability as far as a kickoff returner. So um, it, it'll be interesting to watch him develop and grow. And it's good to have him back on the football field. You, uh, you mentioned on Monday needing to get more from the linebacking position, the linebackers. Yes. What do you do in terms of, of creating that? And do, do you have the flexibility to, to make changes or what, what's the best way to accomplish that? Well, the biggest thing is to get them to understand, you know, what their role is and how to play their role. I, I think our, our linebackers are still kind of feeling their, their way around. And, and um, personally, I, I, I think that, that they've got to get past that. Uh, that's just how I feel about it. That's just the way I see it. Do you, do you have some kind of end goal in mind for, for what you'd like from them here in these next few weeks? Yeah, I'd like for them to play better, be more productive. Ron, the common consensus is that Alex, with a full week of practice, will be better on Sunday than he was last Sunday. But can you give us an idea just what areas that full week of practice will help him with? Well, I mean, let, let, let's, you know, let's really look at how he played, uh, you know, the, to me, the common consensus is he played pretty well with the exception of the uh, the, the, the last two interceptions. The, the, those were plays that he tried to force as opposed to, you know, just taking what he would have gotten if, if they had been normal downs. So, um, uh, again, he played pretty doggone well. Now, uh, I think knowing the, 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 the practice reps he's going to get, knowing uh, the, um, the opportunity to, to, to not just look at it on, on, on paper, look at the film, but to get more practice reps, yeah, the common consensus is that he should play better. But, you know, um, how much better uh, going forward? I mean, again, uh, you know, over 200 yards of, of passing offense, um, two touchdown passes, I believe. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure if, if you know, if, if judging him on those last two interceptions was fair. Ron, on Monday you mentioned that the question for you all as coaches is determining whether you guys have the franchise quarterback here. Yep. But I was just curious, how do you determine whether you have that guy on the roster? What do you all need to see, essentially? Um, especially if Alex continues to play the way, how would you guys determine whether or not you have the franchise quarterback, especially if Dwayne doesn't get a chance on the field again? Well, it, it's, it's like this, Ree. When, when I was in Carolina, you know, we drafted Cam Newton and, and Cam started. Um, he started to grow and develop. And you started to get very comfortable that 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 this was going to be the guy, and so you just kept working with him, kept working, kept seeing his growth, kept seeing his growth, kept seeing his growth. 
Um, and you saw him do the things that, that it took. Um, I, I think, again, as we go forward with our quarterbacks, you know, we have to see growth. We have to see improvement. Uh, we have to see consistency, in my opinion. Again, I'm just looking back on, on, on trying to recall the things that, that drove us uh, in that direction with Cam Newton, you know, and um, that, that's probably the thing that I'm looking for more so than anything else. Um, you know, when I sit down with, the, with, with, with our quarterback coach and our offensive coordinator, you know, we talk about our quarterbacks and I listen to them describe the things that they're doing, things that they're not doing. Um, you know, it kind of, you know, it kind of leaves certain thoughts in my mind as we're going forward. You bought the other day, you know, seeing Philip Rivers when you were in San Diego as the defensive coordinator. And I guess I'm curious between seeing Philip Rivers and seeing Cam Newton, what makes for a franchise quarterback in your experience working specifically with those two over the, your career? Well, I think, you know, looking at, at the guys that I've been around my entire career, you know, and, and, and again, the first real time, um, you know, being with Don McNabb and, you know, watching us make the commitment to him, you know, watch Andy Reid develop him and have him grow and see him become that guy, you know, that got him to a Super Bowl uh, and, and then going to, 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 um, to Chicago and watching guys that were on the cusp of being him. And, and I never really thought, you know, we had a guy that was going to go over the top. Um, then going to, to San Diego and watching a guy like Philip who played consistent, who uh, had a certain style, a certain way of doing things um, that seemed to permeate throughout his teammates on the offensive side and, and even catch up on some of the defensive guys, you know, you, you saw that and then going to Carolina and watching how Cam grew and developed and, and always seemed to have an upward trend in, in his development. And, and you could see his growth and his, and his consistency in his play. You know, it took a while, you know, but there was always, to me, there was always that upward trend. Um, and, and so you just, you felt that this guy had, you know, that, that, that ability and, and, and what it took to be the, the, uh, the next guy. Thank you, Ron. Yep. Hey, Ron, uh, if, if you were playing linebacker against your offense, I wonder what you would think of, of the way that Scott Turner uses uh, the running backs. What would you, you know, what would you think of that as a linebacker? Well, I know this, um, you know, afterwards when I've talked to a couple of coaches um, that we've played, uh, the one thing that they talk about is, is, is the multi-dimension that we have with our backs. Uh, they really talked about AG and, and JD in terms of their, their, um, their abilities uh, and their, um, and their uh, ability to, to, to run inside, run outside, their ability to go out and catch the football. All right, that's a part of head coach Ron Rivera, his Wednesday press conference after practice at the Inova Sports Performance Center. Thanks to WashingtonFootball.com for the sound on that. I'm Chris Russell, host of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. Still to come this week, we will have our crossover Thursday edition with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. Don't forget about that. Good breakdown there. Guys, protecting my family is the number one priority. But I want to do it safely. I want to do everything safe. I'm conservative by nature. The people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense, period. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices, they're small, lightweight, enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or in your purse. 
yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Here's how it works, right? You know that, or you should know that guns, they're really unnecessary. Pepper spray, maybe you've used, maybe you haven't used. If you've used it, you probably found it to be ineffective. Taser products are safe and easy to use. What they do is they allow and use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. More than 237 lives, 1,000 lives. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. And now you can own a Taser, the number one choice of law enforcement agencies. How about that? It's available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus, the Taser Strike Light, or Taser.com promo code NFL. Save 15% now at Taser.com promo code NFL. That's T A S E R dot com. Promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Right back to the Inova Sports Performance Center where we heard from offensive coordinator Scott Turner. Just kind of curious. Alex threw for more yards on Sunday than he did in any of his 10 starts. Um, when he was here in 2018. Is that just because you guys are behind and they need to throw more, or is there something there with maybe his comfortability in the offense? Uh, I think Alex is very comfortable. You know, I didn't even know that stat right now until you told me that. Um, you know, we we hit a couple of plays down the field, you know, obviously, um, you know, really, you know, once he got in there, you know, um, starting with really his third drive, uh, and when you hit when you hit chunk plays, you know, those yards seem to add up, you know, and then, uh, you know, in the second half, we mixed a couple runs um, early, but really we we're throwing the ball and Alex is doing a great job finding completions and guys were getting some yards after catch. And like I said, you know, you know, we hit the 45 yarder to Cam. He had a couple more that were over 30 apiece and then obviously the big one to Terry. So, you know, that those add up and uh, it was it was good. It got us back in the game. Obviously, we weren't able to finish the deal, but um you know, I think Alex does have a good comfort level in the offense. And obviously the, the conditions were much better than his, you know, when he went in against the Rams. But did you see his like, how was his decision making in terms of, you know, firing off the ball down the field, not resorting to check downs, that, that sort of thing? How would you evaluate that? Um, you know, the you know, the first game, you know, the conditions were bad and a lot of it was. You know, there was a couple things, you know, they the first game that he played, they did they were doing a nice job of getting to the quarterback. Um, and the ball was heavy and hard to grip. So it was really hard to get it down the field. So he was just looking for kind of the quicker option, get us get it out of their hand. And they did a good job of rallying and tackling. And and that was just a, a bad deal all the way around. This next game, I think it was like having played already, you know, post injury, um, you know, the the better conditions. He was able to you know, get get through his progressions, you know, look down the field and obviously make those plays. Thank you. 
Hey, Scott, um, you've talked, you know, regularly throughout the year of, of wanting to establish the run. And, and um, I guess there was a statistic that this was the first time in the franchise's existence that you guys had less than 10 rushing attempts in a, in a game. I know game script and turnovers and all that factored into that. But how I guess my question is, how hard is it to establish the run game when you're battling turnovers, when you're battling a deficit, when you're battling a good run defense like the Giants had in a game? like Sundays? Yeah, I, obviously, you know, you look at the game sheet and you kind of evaluate everything and you see you have nine rushes, uh, not not what we're trying to do or we're trying to be more balanced. But every game comes up different. And all those things that you said right there, that's what le led to that. I mean, um, if you look at the way the game went, um, you know, we had a we turned the ball over in the first play of the game on what, what would have been an explosive play. Uh, you know, we had a three and out where we had a couple plays that, you know, we could have made or things didn't go, didn't go our way. Uh, we muffed the punt after that. So when we got the ball, it was uh, we were down 10 nothing. Now, at that point, it's still early. It was still the first quarter um, and we still mixed some. We made a couple plays throwing the ball. Um, and then I think, you know, quickly after that, we, were, we had 19 plays before that two minute drill before the half. Um, you know, uh, you know, we turned the ball over again at the end of that after moving down the field and showing some promise. Um, and then we we're down 17 at half. Um, we, we, we actually had a couple runs on that six play drive, the touchdown drive um, where we hit the big play to cam. Um, but then we were having success throwing the ball as well, too. Like we talked about with Alex and, um, you know, pushing the ball down the field and finding completions. So uh, we just had a good rhythm. So we kind of stuck with it. Um, there were some plays where they were actually some run pass options where the ball got thrown. Um, we could have had a couple other carries uh, there, but, you know, we were able to get successful plays throw, uh, throwing the ball. So, um, you know, we're just going to go with kind of what works uh, and you got to be able to adapt. And if you want to be a good offense in this league, which what is what we're working, uh, we're working to, to become, you got to be able to do both. And, you know, when you need to, to run the ball, you got to be able to run it um, like we were able to do against Dallas, you know, when we had the lead. And then, you know, when you got to battle back and, and stay alive and try to give yourself a chance to throw it, you got to be able to throw it. And, and, and really, ideally, you'd like to be balanced, you know. Hey, Scott. Um, obviously, you guys have had a, a lot to work with at quarterbacks at all different stages of their careers. Steven Montez um, fits in there somewhere. What have you kind of seen with his development? And what's been the thing that you guys have primarily been working on with him to, to, to get him uh, further along? Yeah. So, you know, Steven doesn't get a ton of reps. Uh, he'll, he'll get a few scout team reps sprinkled in here and there, but, you know, being the, well, before this week, he got more reps today with the scout team than he, um, than he ever has, you know, now that he's the third guy. Uh, but, you know, as being the fourth guy, um, you know, this whole season, you know, his, his work is done in individual, um, as well as, uh, you know, in the classroom, you know, and then, uh, we have, you know, our, our quarterback coach, uh, you know, Ken Zampezi, as well as, uh, Luke Del Rio, who is in the room and helps out, you know, those guys have done a great job, you know, spending a little extra time with them, you know, Luke in particular, um, of just, you know, teaching him the offense and, and bringing him along and developing him, um, as a young, you know, up and coming player, he's a physical guy. He's, he's a guy, you know, he, the, the guys that, that are at that point, the young players that are your practice squad guys, those are the guys that really missed out the most uh, losing an off season, you know, lo losing a traditional training camp. The young quarterback misses out the most as far as losing preseason games, because, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to tell what you got until uh, it's the bullets are live at that position. So, you know, he's a guy that we're just continue to, to work with. And, um, you know, he's really followed along with, you know, with the older guys um, and, and learning by example. And, and to that Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh. 
Hey, Scott. Uh, how much did your offense change? Maybe that's probably the wrong way to say it. How much did your approach change in the game on Sunday when you went uh, from Kyle to Alex? I, I assume there's different things that you guys were doing with the two guys. Yeah, not. I mean, to a certain extent, you know, um, you know, they're pretty similar. I mean, it's you don't. There's not a huge difference. I mean, both guys are, you know, cerebral guys. They're going to read the defense. They're going to get the ball where it needs to be. Um, you know, the game plan that we had prepared all week, that was the game plan, you know, for them that obviously was geared a little bit more towards Kyle, but Alex is capable, more than capable of doing all that, that stuff. So, you know, Alex credit to him, a guy that, you know, as you, the number two, you're not getting a lot of reps during the week. We get a couple here and there, but you know, it was Kyle and, you know, but I called it as if he was ready to play. Cause I know Alex is a pro and he was prepared even without the reps and, uh, you know, for the most part, he executed. Obviously, there's some plays that um, that he would like to have back, but you know, he gave us a chance to win that game. JP, hey Scott, um, you got to go back to 2016 to, to find a game where two Washington wideouts had more than 100 yards receiving each. Obviously, Terry and Cam did that last week. Um, we know what Terry is at this point. Is Cam's performance an outlier, or, or how much do you think you can lean on him the second half of this season? You know, Cam has been great. And and the, the thing about that is, you know, there's a personal side to this business, you know, and, you know, when you got a guy like Cam who, you know, I saw a quote Terry had about him that he just, you know, he doesn't say much. He just comes in and gets his work done every day. And, you know, obviously I'm sure he was disappointed um, at the beginning of the year when he didn't make the team, he's on the practice squad, but, you know, he, he worked at it and he took advantage of the opportunities he had on special teams. And, you know, that got him a spot on the 53 and then, you know, we had some guys get banged up and, and he stepped in and he had opportunities. He made the most of that opportunities and that got him more. And now he's made the most with the, the opportunities that he has had, obviously had the one big catch against Dallas and then uh, the three really huge plays, um, especially the, the one, the beginning of the second half that really kind of gave us some juice uh, to get us going. Um, and I think that guys see that. And I think Cam feels that and it gives him confidence and gives the other players confidence, gives us uh, confidence. And, you know, he's going to get more opportunities and he's going to get a chance to, to see, we're going to see what he can do. Um, and we'll see, you know, we, you know, we'll see just, and we'll continue to evaluate him like we do the rest of our, our teams, but no, I'm excited about Cam and I'm excited about him and I'm excited for him too. It's, it's a great deal. He's a great guy and, you know, he's worked for it and, um, you know, you know, obviously we didn't have the team success, but, but for him to have that individual success was good, and I'm happy for him. Hey, Scott, I'm curious with Antonio Gibson, and obviously J.D. is your third down back, but Antonio hasn't had much of a role on that down, whether it's combined or by with combined J.D. or just by himself. Can you just kind of explain, I guess, the thought process behind um, a, a more limited role for him on third down? Yeah, I mean, when you're a young player, you know, um, and especially with a guy like Antonio, you know, there, and we've, you know, we've kind of talked about this throughout the course of the year, you know, there, you got to balance the physical with the mental, like physically, he can do everything. We know that, you know, um, and then it's just mentally, how much do we give him? Uh, before it just overloads, you know, and yesterday, uh, you know, this past Sunday, and it's, it's something that I, I've said to him and, and uh, you know, he knows it, that it was a tough game for him on Sunday. And, you know, obviously starting off the game with a fumble um, is not what you want. And then he had a couple other plays where, uh, you know, he's got to be better on and, you know, he needs to just, you know, make sure that he, and, and Antonio is, is our guy. Um, you know, we're going to continue to give him the ball. We believe in him. Um, I told him that, 
you know, he reminds me a lot of a guy, uh, DJ Moore, that we had in Carolina. Obviously, they play different positions, but just a young player um, who, you know, had some ball security issues. Um, not that Antonio does. He's had the one issue, but just that, you know, it doesn't get you until you get you. And he's got to, you know, fight through those things. But what we don't want to do is get him to where he's overwhelmed and he's not playing fast. I mean, we brought him in. Obviously, the big third down we had uh, in the third quarter he was in um, on the play uh, that we threw to Cam, you know. So we we have – and we have had him on some. But, you know, you know, J.D.'s done a really nice job in that role. Um, both running the ball as well as catching it and in our pass protection stuff. So that's just kind of what we're doing. And that's something that, you know, Antonio, his, his role is going to continue to grow um, throughout the year. And, and as his career uh, continues to go on. Thank you. Yeah. yeah um, oh, sorry. Am I working? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you. Excellent. Um, with Alex Smith, um, when you first got here, obviously he was a guy who had not played any football yet um, coming back from the injury. When was the first time you kind of saw him or, or saw what he was doing and thought, this is a guy who could eventually get back on the field? Because I, I think a lot of people didn't see that coming. Um, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, we, and, and really, you know, I've always kind of let that up to the doctors and the trainers, um, you know, once, so they made that decision as far as when he was able to practice. Um, and when we took him off the PUP and he started practicing and you watched him and you could tell, yeah, he was a little rusty, but you could say, Hey, he can do this, you know, and the way he's movement, his movement skills, um, throwing the football, all those types of things. Um, you know, again, it took a little bit of time and he had to knock a little bit of that rust off, but it was pretty, it was evident pretty soon that, Hey, he's going to get back into this and he's going to, he's going to be a guy that can compete, um, and, and play. And I think that the way we handled it of working him back into it, um, was good. And there was kind of steps along the process, um, you know, getting on the field for the first time against the Rams, obviously no one was happy with how that went. Um, you know, then getting back out there this past week. Um, and he did a lot of really good things. Uh, like I said, you know, we didn't get the job done. Um, and that, but that's not formally on him. You know, obviously we said that there's some plays he'd like to have back. And then now this next step of him going and preparing all week, getting all the reps in practice and be able to start uh, and give us a chance to go win a football game. And um, I, he's, you know, he's built his way up to this point. Hey, Scott, with all this quarterback shuffling three starters now through 10 weeks, do you feel like you haven't gotten a chance to fully show your offense yet because you're having to get a new guy acquainted and then a couple weeks later it's another new guy? What's what's it been like so far trying to handle all of that? I don't know. I mean, there's no excuses in this league. You know, I, I don't the guys that we have available that you got to get them ready to go play. And, and that stuff, maybe you'll look back at over, you know, later in the year, but right now when you're in it, you know, that's my job, you know, my job is to go give a, get our offense ready and give us the best chance to, to win, you know, and um, I gotta, I gotta keep working at it. I gotta do better. Obviously we gotta, we gotta find ways to win some of these close games um, that we've had a chance to win. Uh, but you know, who, whoever we have available, that's who we got to get ready to play. And we got to, you know, use the quarterbacks that we have, um, you know, play to their strengths and go and, and not, you know, not worry about that other stuff. Cause I, I get what you're saying, but there's nothing you can do about it, you know, and, and that that's part of this business, you know, it's a physical game. Um, you're going to have guys in and out of the, uh, in and out of the lineup at, at all positions. Obviously it's hard when it's quarterback, but you know, that that's part of the that's part of the job. And uh, we got to we got to keep keep working at it. Hey, Scott, on Monday, we were talking to Ron. He was describing basically the fact that the team is going to try to evaluate whether the franchise quarterback is on the roster at this time. 
And I'm kind of curious, over the next eight games, does your evaluation of the guys change knowing that that's kind of what you all are looking for long term? And then second part is, you know, with your experience around the league, with your father and stuff like that, what makes for a good franchise quarterback in your opinion? Well, uh, first part of your, uh, you know, first part of your uh, question, we're going to evaluate everyone. You know, um, obviously the quarterback is the most important position on the offense. So we're really going to look at that. Um, like, you know, like has been stated, this is the, you know, Alex is the third quarterback we've played um, this year. We evaluate our guys in everything they do in practice, in the meeting room, um, everything. So we'll continue that. I mean, that's going to be, that's a, an everyday uh, act, a deal for us. And then, you know, there's a lot and, you know, physical traits are one part of it, but they come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, you look every, you know, when you guys watch games on Thursday nights or on Sundays or Monday nights um, there, it gets done in a lot of different ways. Some guys, you know, they stand in the pocket, they deliver the football um, accuracy, uh, ball placement. Um, you all, you gotta have, you gotta be accurate. Uh, you gotta make good decisions. And then, you know, other guys will stand in there, maybe able to throw a stronger arm. Some guys don't have the strongest arm, but they anticipate well, or they're, um, really mobile. They can make a lot of plays with their feet, like, uh, you know, Kyler or guys like Josh Allen, stuff like that. Um, to kind of make it happen. Um, you know, the physical traits that you could, you could talk about this forever, but you know, mentally, they're always guys that are accountable. Um, they're accountable to themselves, their teammates and their coaches. Um, you know, they're the hardest working guys in the building. You know, they, um, you know, they hold, uh, like I said, they hold other people accountable as well as themselves. Um, and, and they're just, they have that kind of that, uh, it factor. Um, the, the guys that I've been around, that's, that's really what you, what you see from the position. If I may ask a quick follow-up, just based on what you said, um, you talked about other teams and what works for them, but I guess for Washington, what would make for the right franchise quarterback in your system for this team in particular? Ben? It, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to answer because it's not like you get to, you get to build it, you know, you, you got to kind of evaluate what's available and then, and then pick from there. I think, like I said, like we, we've been flexible um, in this offense. I mean, we've had guys like Cam Newton uh, and, you know, early in the, in 2018, before he got hurt, he had a lot of success. Uh, this offense, you know, not me, but you know, when my, my dad was running it in San Diego, uh, Philip Rivers, you know, they went to AFC Championship game. They had the number one offense in the league uh, with a guy like Philip. And and I don't think you would look at Philip Rivers and Cam Newton and think that any one of those guys uh, has a lot of physical traits the same. Um, but, you know, but they both have it. You know, they both have what you're looking for as far as the mental, the approach, the competitiveness um, that you need from that position. Um, so it really, you know, you really got to just look at the all available options and then and then go from there. All right, that's a good feel for what Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator, is saying. Certainly he's under some fire, uh, as you kind of heard the number there provided by Mitch Tischler of NBC Sports Washington uh, and as well the Elias Sports Bureau. First time, nine carries. First time in franchise history since 1933 when they started counting one year after the Washington slash Boston Redskins slash team franchise, whatever, were born. First time since 1933 that they have been under 10 rushing attempts. How about that? All right. I'm Chris Russell for our friends at Built Bar. That's right. You know Built Bar. At least you should know them. What have you been doing if you haven't tried out a pack of Built Bars? I have a caramel brownie box in my refrigerator right now. Now, why? Because I love caramel and I love brownies, but I don't want all the sugar, the fat, 
the calories, the junk that goes in regular food items with caramel and chocolate and brownies. Because Built Bars are great for the health conscious guy. That's me. That's you. You can lose, maintain weight, be on any diet. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They have six new flavors, nut and nut free flavors, 12 original flavors. Hey, if caramel brownie's not the cut of your jib, maybe you like, oh, I don't know, coconut. Maybe you like toffee almond. Maybe you like orange. Not my thing, but it could be your thing. Double chocolate, salted caramel, banana bread, all sorts of flavors for you to pick and choose from. And now you can pick and choose to your heart's content at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, it is Chris Russell. We're wrapping up the Locked On Washington football team podcast. We're going to hear briefly from Alex Smith, starting quarterback, as he gets ready for his first start in almost two years. Three days shy of two years by the time this Sunday in Detroit hits. Hey, Alex, kind of a specific one to start, but I wonder in, in your you know limited opportunities out there, how much changes when you have uh, the versatile pieces and, and sort of the pre-snap motion that, that you guys do have, how, how does that help you uh, kind of figure out what the defense is trying to do? Um, yeah, I mean, every week the game plans are obviously tailored to, to that week's defense that we're facing, their personnel, things like that. So the, so it, it can change week to week, and that's kind of the, the chess match that the coaches obviously play as far as designing the game plan and, you know, us going, at, going out and executing it. Um, I think the biggest thing, yeah, is, is, is a little bit just getting the rep, seeing that visual back there. Those are, you know, that's obviously invaluable. Um, and, and there's limited reps in the week period, even just for the starter. So, uh, you know, it's nice to obviously take advantage of those um, to try to, you know, forecast what we're expecting and obviously to get those looks. And, and just having, you know, obviously two guys who have played receiver as well as running back in, in Antonio and JD, does that, uh, how does that factor into to that process? Well, I mean, I think those guys are versatile so that that, you know, I think that makes them obviously valuable and, and allows us to do multiple multiple things with them. Certainly, even when we have them both on the field at the same time, um, yeah. And again, that that kind of changes week to week as well. So, uh, but certainly, it's it's um, they're both weapons for us, you know, and, and guys I think that we look to. So certainly uh, valuable in that sense. Thanks, Nikki. Hey, Alex. Um... Just with this being your, your first start with Scott Turner and everything, um, what is the process as you guys are developing the game plan? Like how much, how much input do you have? How much back and forth is there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's always – Scott does so, is so great. There's always been a kind of an open-door policy, especially certainly as quarterbacks. You know, he comes in and certainly we have the ability to voice our opinion. And uh, Whether or not things make it or not, that, that's just week to week. It depends on how early we get ideas to him, things like that. Um, and that, that's just how that, that, that's how that goes, you know, everywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is, you know, obviously going back to it, putting the plan together of how we're going to attack these guys, uh, the matchups, all the intricacies of that and having a plan, you know, for all the scenarios, you know, as, as an offense, certainly as a quarterback and, and for us to go out there and to execute no matter what, certainly got to be ready for a lot. Um, so you know, nice to obviously have the full week of work as far as putting that together. Hey, Alex, um, talking about that full week of work for fans that, you know, don't get to be at a NFL practice or themselves. What 
what is the main difference for you, um, you know, as the starter when you're getting those first team reps and, and, you know, is it almost like riding a bike now that you're back in the starters, you know, seat for the first time in, in two years? Yeah. Uh, so the first part, yeah, I mean, it's obviously get the reps. Um, like I said, the biggest thing a lot of times is, is two things, even just the visual, um, you know, of seeing the defensive looks out there that that's big. I think getting comfortable with what you're seeing, comfortable with the numbers, uh, you know, the, obviously the, who goes where, all that stuff, the looks, things that that, that specific defense might do uh, that are unique. And then the throws as well, obviously getting the reps full speed uh, with the guys, you know, anticipating um, throws, things like that. Those, those are obviously the two big, um, I think, takeaways, certainly from, from being a starter and getting the reps throughout the week. Hey, Alex, obviously this is not your fault, but it seems like the fan base is kind of divided right now on who should be the starting quarterback going forward. There's a fraction that believes you give this team the best chance to win, but then there's also a fraction that believes you should give the younger guy to develop more, more, more of a chance. I guess why do you think you're the right quarterback for this moment right now to lead this team and be the starter? Uh, yeah, you know, I, obviously I, I get paid to play quarterback. And uh, I'm, I'm going to do uh, whatever's asked of me. Um, I feel like I'm ready to roll. Uh, I'm confident in that. And obviously that's coach's decision to make and the coach's decisions to make. So uh, we're players. We go out and play. Um, this is a team sport. You know, like obviously uh, things change. Certainly they do, you know, injuries, the way the season's gone, things like that. But um, yeah, you know, this is, I, I got the opportunity this week and, and I'm going to make the most of it. That's my plan. I'm not, I'm not worried about anything else. I'm not worried about, uh, opinions here or there. I'm, I'm doing what I can to go out there and try to win a, win a football game. Chris. Hey, Alex. Um, <clears throat> just curious, you know, now that you've been, you know, back for obviously two games and this will be your first start. Um, how much communication do you like from, from Scott? Uh, like say in your helmet, in your earpiece before uh, a snap and before the audio communication goes off, are you a guy that likes a lot, uh, likes a little, how do you kind of deal with that? And then uh, I, I guess as a follow-up to that, how much words outside of the actual play call do you give to your guys in the huddle? Are, are you kind of just play call and that's it? Or do you give some encouragement or maybe some extra detail when you get a chance? Yeah, I mean, I certainly I think when it comes to situational football, that's probably when most of the talking is going on um, on the sidelines and in the headset with Scott. You know, obviously, you know, you're preparing for all those situations. You practice them all week, but certainly on game day, they, they come up all, all the time. You don't know when they're going to come up and you got to be ready for them. So certainly reminders and obviously talking through that stuff does help. Um, as far as in the huddle is, and how much I talk, yeah, I mean, that, that, that changes play to play, again, going into situational football, as well as all week. I think there's things you, you know, as we rep these plays all week, walk through practice reps, you're constantly banking uh, points of emphasis, uh, you know, even in the meeting rooms, things like that. So certainly some plays have more points of emphasis, others don't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes there are plays you come in, certainly with multiple reminders uh, for guys. Uh, other plays are obviously, I, I think, you know, core plays for us and we call and, and, and can go. So um, all of the above there. Yeah. Thank you. 
And that's just a little taste of Alex Smith. We'll have crossover Thursday with Matt Derry, host of the Detroit Lions, Locked On Lions podcast, I should say, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll get XCNOE about the Lions and the Washington football team and have it all for you on Thursday into Friday. I'm Chris Russell. Adios.